It's not like any other podcast. Coming to you straight from the heartland, where dominating your commercial real estate market is told like it is. It's time for Darren Garman's A Billion Sold Podcast. Hold on, because here comes the next episode of A Billion Sold Podcast. Hey everybody, Darren Garman here, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. I've got some good stuff, some good stuff today uh, on litmus tests. And I frequently get the question, I don't want to say it's like the most asked question I get, but I get it a lot. And it the, the questions vary, of course, but they run along the lines of, who, what kind of litmus test do you use when it comes time to decide who to do business with, who to work with, um, when it comes to, I guess, important decisions? Let's just put it that way. That's probably the best way to put it, really. When it comes to important decisions, what kind of litmus test do you use, Darren? What kind of things should I be thinking of? in terms of who I listen to, who I take advice from, who I decide to be, say, maybe a mentor, maybe a coach. Um, Who do I decide uh, I've got, I want to attend two or three, let's just say, conferences this year. Um, Who do I decide, which, I mean, how do I decide which conference to attend? Who do I decide to listen to? Um, I've got five podcasts that I'm really interested in listening to. How do I decide which ones I always listen to? Um, I want to get in the best shape of my life. How do I decide which exercise program to go with? Who do I listen to? So, I mean, those are just like some quick examples I'm just throwing out at you, but these are the kinds of questions that I get from a lot of folks. And I'm not just talking about business people. So I'm not just talking about, say, um, apartment property investors, passive investors, um, investors in general, commercial real estate brokers, by the way. I'm not just talking about uh, about you folks. Uh, I mean, I get this from apartment property owners quite a bit. I get it from teenagers, right? So I get it from teenagers contacting me um, or young adults. You know, maybe they're just getting out of high school, they're graduating, maybe they're in college, maybe they're trying to make some decisions. I get the question from them. I get the question from um, people that no matter their age are trying to decide on making a decision because it's come down to either A, spending money and how much, and usually it's a considerable amount of money and the amount doesn't matter because everybody's got their own definition of what's considerable. Uh, so either they're going, they're thinking about spending a considerable amount of money, a considerable amount of time, or a considerable amount of, let's just say, inconvenience, uh, and they're trying to figure out which direction to go. And so uh, when those kinds of things happen and come up, a lot of my members uh, contact me and say, hey, what, what do you think about this? Or who do you recommend I talk to? Here's like my four choices. What do you think? Um, I get this kind of question all the time. And so I'm going to tell you how to deal with it. And I'm going to talk to you about how to deal with it effectively. And 
like a lot of really big, big, important questions or things that happen to us, the answer is simple. Um, and a lot of times, including myself, by the way, I'm guilty of this. We tend to overcomplicate the crap out of things and think we've got to you know, sit down and write a 10-page plan out before we can make a decision on something. And a lot of times it's really about a 15-minute process and you're done. Um, and so that's the beauty of what I'm going to talk to you about here on this week's podcast is how simple it is, because um, it really is. And so uh, let's talk about the three things you need to know, the three litmus tests you need to use in order to let's just say, do business with somebody. And let's just say the term business could mean a variety of things. Okay. Um, Not just transaction wise, but it can mean a variety of things. Who do I do business with? Who do I pay attention to? How do I spend my time? Who do I focus my time on in terms of someone or a resource that can help me? Okay. Here's the three litmus tests that you use. Um, and, and before I jump into telling you what the three are, uh, I'm going to tell you that I came up with these based on my personal experience. Okay. So this is from spending, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars on educating myself, hundreds of thousands of hours educating myself and hundreds of thousands of hours in just personal time on this. Um, and by the way, some of this is based on bad experience. Okay. What I'm going to talk to you about is based on good, but it's also based on bad. So you're going to be learning from my mistakes too, when I talk to you about this. So good for you, by the way, I would, you know, it's actually serious and I'm serious about that. Good for you. So number one, what's the number one litmus test? Uh, the number one litmus test is making sure that whomever you decide to listen to, pay attention to, take advice from, um, has the experience in the area that you want to explore, expand, know more about, spend more time, spend more money, spend more of you in, right? So you want to be taking advice from somebody that has experience and knows what they're talking about. Um, you don't want to be spending time, effort, energy, money on a resource that has no experience or limited experience in an area that you want to focus on. Okay, so let me give you just a couple of examples. Okay, uh, let's go with commercial real estate first of all. I see this all the time in the real estate world. So I get, I mean, we get people that contact us daily about wanting to buy their own apartment property. Okay. So, so I give you an example. So this morning, a gentleman contacted me. He wants to buy his own 24 to 36 unit property, wants to own it, run it, manage it. And of course he wants to get that job done, get that completed in the most efficient, profitable way he possibly can, period. Okay. Well, that goes without saying. So he's smart by contacting me 
to help him do that. Now, don't, get, don't take this as me patting myself on the back and my ego talking. I'm not. He's gone to the source. So I am, uh, if not one of the best, the best alternative for this gentleman to achieve his goals as quickly as possible. Why? Because I've got 25 plus years of experience. I've been involved in almost a billion dollars of investment real estate transactions. So me and my company are a great decision for him. Okay. Um, now, what I see happen a lot, compare that to other investors who contact a residential real estate agent that's been in the business maybe one or two years that has never sold any kind of real estate related to apartments and has no experience with any kind of apartment transaction. That's the worst decision you can make, right? Um, so if you decide to do that, you're choosing to uh, take advice, listen to, and work with someone that has no experience, but you're basically going to gamble hundreds of thousands of dollars, or in some cases, millions of dollars of your own money, borrowed money, etc., on that. Bad decision. Um I had some folks contact me related to this a partnership. They own uh, some apartments. They're thinking it's time for them to sell their apartments. They're maturing. Uh, they all want to pretty much move on, and they're thinking about selling their apartment property. Well, contacting me and interviewing me on the phone, great decision for them. Okay, Now, here's a dumb decision that they're making. Uh, in talking with them on the phone, I said, is there anyone else you're talking to? Yes, there is. They're going to be talking to a residential real estate agent. This young lady has never sold an apartment property, according to them. And the only reason they're talking with her is because she is related to one of the owners. Okay? Terrible idea. Terrible idea to have her work with them on selling their apartment property that they've spent 20 plus years owning as a partnership and doing all the things that you do to have a great property. Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm not criticizing residential real estate agents. They're great. Okay. But it's the same thing as if, if I decide to sell my own house today, okay, I'm not calling the commercial real estate broker that specializes in warehouse space to sell it. Dumb. Well, that's kind of what they're doing here. So, when it comes to investing, okay, who are you going to listen to, especially when it comes to investing in real estate or in any other area? So let's say you want to buy a business. Okay, let's just use real estate. Are you going to listen to the advice of some financial planner that's never invested in a piece of real estate in their lives? Dumb decision. Or, or are you going to listen to someone that has extensive experience in investing in real estate? Right? What about buying a business? Let's say you wanted to buy, um, let's say you wanted to buy a sports bar. Okay. Uh, are you going to listen to and take counsel from someone who's never owned a sports bar before, or has never owned any business, or are you going to find counsel and get information from somebody that's owned their own sports bar or related business at least? You see where I'm going with all this? Okay. What about weight loss? What about getting into shape? Are you going to listen to the overweight physician who obviously hasn't worked out in the last 15 years 
and is probably on diabetic medication? Or are you going to take advice from someone that has a five to six day workout routine and can give you good ideas? Have I said enough there? Okay. Make sure the litmus test number one is whomever you are listening to has the kind of experience that they can give you wise counsel on what you should do. Very important. And and this, this may sound so obvious, right? This may sound so obvious, it's not even funny. But I run into this all the time with people who make the mistake of listening to people that have no experience. And by the way, the worst people, the worst people that you can listen to that have no experience are friends or relatives. Okay, I see this happen all the time. And by the way, I used to be guilty of this, right? So, you know, so so Gina and I would be sitting around and we're talking to um, maybe her mom and dad, who are great folks, by the way. But they're the wrong people for me to ask for advice on real estate investing. So I remember when I told them that Gina and I were thinking about buying a fourplex, a four-unit building, and what they thought of it. Oh, my God. You know, I got every... Uh, reason to never get involved in something like that than I've ever heard. And, of course, all of the advice was negative. Um, And it's coming from someone that's never owned an apartment property in their life. So make sure that whomever you decide to get counsel from, information from, you're seeking help, you're seeking guidance, you're spending money, you're investing money, Um, whatever you're doing, the person or people that you're dealing with have experience and know what it's like to help you. Don't get information from people that don't know what you are dealing with. They don't have experience with what you're dealing with, okay? All right, that's number one. Number two, Um, pretty simple again, but I see people again, making this mistake all the time. And it's simply this, who else can the people that you're thinking of doing business with, listening to, um, coaching you, being a mentor of you, just getting advice from, do they have anyone else that can give you a good recommendation of them working together, okay? So is there anyone else that can say, yeah, Darren Garman's a good guy, and here's like the five reasons why. Yeah, you want to work with Darren, you want to listen to Darren, because here's like, here's what you're going to need to know. Um, Can they do that? Can they produce basically three references for you? Three, just three. I'm not talking five or 10. I once had a guy ask me for 15, a minimum of 15 references. I thought, come on, buddy. I mean, nine isn't enough. You got to go to 15. So, uh, I mean, you know, we can overdo this, of course. But um, are there three people that you can point to that have positively benefited from being associated with the person that you are looking to, wanting to, interested in getting advice from, doing business with, 
um, paying maybe to attend a seminar of theirs? Uh, can you at least find three? And three doesn't sound like that many, does it? Uh, but you'd be surprised how many people can't come up with three. So let's go to um, investing for a second. Um, I get people that before they decide to invest with us here, uh, some of them like to have references, which is fine. Now, I make it a habit. I don't give out references to people that just ask for them uh, because I don't want my references to be bombarded with a bunch of tire kickers. Uh, you've got to be serious, uh, step up to the plate. You need to be investing a serious amount of money, and you need to be pretty much committed uh, before you get references from me. And once you are committed, uh, you'll get the references before you have to invest if you want to do that. Okay? And so, you know, I just, a gentleman by the name of Jim. So a gentleman by the name of Jim recently asked me for some references. And I provided him, I think, five or six. I think five. And, you know, he took a month or more to go through those references, get back to me and say, okay, yeah, I've talked to these guys. I'm ready to go. Let's invest. Let's move forward. Um, smart decision on his part. Uh, investment real estate owner. So our brokerage business, our apartment property brokerage business, we sell more apartments than anybody does in the marketplace we're at year in and year out, typically. Um and so when people ask me for information on who I've done business with, it's just a simple case of handing them over papers, um, probably five, six pages thick of people's information, testimonials, their names, and what they thought of us. Okay. Uh, you want to be able to do the same thing. So you want to be able to at least find three people that have positive things to say about who you're choosing to spend time, effort, energy, money, etc., with. Um, and if they can't come up with three, at least three, that's a red flag that you probably should not be doing any kind of business, spending your time, resources, money with them. You probably shouldn't. Probably not a good idea. And we're just talking about three. Um, by the way, a, a friend of mine and one of our investment partners, Dan Kennedy, came up with this strategy I'm telling you about. Uh, and I've used it for years now very successfully. Um, because, I mean, I was like one of these guys that you know, if you had a good story and you had a pretty good presentation and you had at least a little bit of... Um, items to back it up. I, okay, I'm in. Well, you know, I got burned by that. I got burned by that. So, uh, so I want at least three and you should want at least three as well. Okay. So that's the second litmus test. So I told you there'd be three. So the first one was they damn well better have experience in what, in the area you want to spend more time, effort, energy, money in. That's number one. Number two, they better have some people they can refer you to or at least show you that, hey, at least these three people have great things to say about me um, and, and maybe even, even better provide you some references if, um, if you think that's important. 
but they need to at least be able to provide three. So that's number two. Um, the third litmus test is, do they do what they say they will do? I mean, that's pretty simple, isn't it? Do they do what they say they will do? In other words, do does their actions follow the words that they say in terms of saying one thing, but do their actions show you that they do what they say they will do? Another way of saying this is do they walk their talk? Okay, Are they just talking or are they doing? And again, pretty simple, isn't it? Is whom you're going to be listening to, wanting to pay attention to, thinking about giving money to, investing with, whatever. Are they doing what they say they will do or not? This is a pretty easy one. And a lot of us fall into the trap of pretty much seeing red flags with people, you know, uh, and just kind of maybe brushing it off. But when these are consistent, we start maybe making some excuses in our minds about, gee whiz, how busy they are, or how busy they must be, or, um, you know, I've heard good things about them, but it doesn't look, maybe they're just busy. And So it doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is, are they taking the kinds of actions that they say they're going to take? Are they sending you the information that you requested when they said they would? Are they keeping the phone appointment with you when they said they would keep the phone appointment? Are they um, following up with you and communicating with you in the way that they said that they would? Are they delivering to you what they said they would deliver? So let me give you like an example. I use my daughter, for example. Okay, so my daughter Mallory is looking for a part-time job at a place here in Cedar Rapids right now. And so on three occasions, the red flag has gone up with where she wants to work, so much so that I have advised her, don't even think about working there. It's going to be a freaking disaster. Okay, so here's what they are. So first of all, number one, she has an interview, okay? She has an interview. She's on her way out the door to go to the interview to get there early. And I don't mean like hours early, but get there early and, and go to the interview. On her way out, she gets a phone call from the person doing the interview, okay, that basically says, oh, by the way, make sure you bring the following. Copy of your ID, copy of your insurance, your car insurance to make sure you're covered, and your uh, transcripts, your college grades, copy of your transcripts. Okay, now she gets this call as she's heading out the door. A couple of those things, kind of easy, so you'll have your ID on you, that's easy. Okay, a uh, copy of your insurance, that's probably not so hard. You got to maybe go out of your way and make a copy of something. Okay, maybe I got that. But to think that someone's got a copy of their transcripts just sitting around waiting to bring that with them. That's, a, that's, that's not being realistic. And that kind of call, you know, 30 minutes before an interview and when the person you're interviewing is leaving, that's just not good. But, okay, like most people, if it's the first time, okay, all right, fine. You kind of let that go. 
Second thing that happens with Mallory is this. She's on her way to basically like a second interview. Okay, so she went through the interview. She got there. She had the stuff put together. She actually got there on time because she did have quick access to her grades, thank goodness. Um, and it were only, she was only lucky to have that just because she was working on some other things, you know, the few days before that. So she's on her way to a second interview. On the way to the interview, she gets a call from the person that she's supposed to interview with saying they can't make it, their kid is ill in daycare, so they've got to redo the interview. Okay. Now, already you know this is not good. So if these two things have happened before she's even started work there, what's it going to be like when she starts work? Obviously, these people are not doing what they said that they would do, and their actions are totally telling her that this is not a good place to go. Now, look, things happen. Sure, maybe somebody forgot and didn't call her about getting her license, her insurance, and her grade transcripts, and we're supposed to. Okay, maybe that happens. Um, you can't help it if, if somebody's kid gets sick or ill. I, I get that. Maybe you've got to make some changes, sure. But these two things happen within about a week's period of time, right? And so already you just know that this is not a good idea. And I counseled her to not, I wouldn't even think about taking a job at this place, especially a part-time job, because just think what it'll be like once you start working there, right? So that's one example. Another example, think about this. Um, if you've scheduled phone calls with people and they don't show up for the call, if you've scheduled meetings with people and they don't show up for the meeting, um, or if you've scheduled one or two meetings, one or two, let's just call them appointments with people, and they don't show up, or they call you with some excuse that why they're going to be late. Uh, traffic, of course, is a big one. Kids are another one. Um, if there's continued excuses and continued evidence of them saying, yeah, I'll be there and we'll do this, then something comes up and they don't show up. It's time to move on. You see this with service providers all the time. Businesses, right? So recently with one of our apartments, we had an issue with painters, okay, painters. So we'll be here this day, this time to paint. Nobody there. Where are you? Oh, well, this came up and that came up. Red flag number one. A couple days later, we'll be there and we'll start at this time. Did they show up? No. We already know we got to get rid of them, right? Because they're not doing what they said they would do. Okay, you contrast that with another service provider of ours recently that we decided to do business with and pay money to that was going to do some work for us. He showed up when he said he'd show up. He was there when he said he'd be there. And he did everything he said he would do. And again, I'm not talking about doing anything over and beyond what we've kind of agreed to. This is just doing what you've agreed to. 
So if people can't do and follow through with actions and do the things they say they will do just on a general daily cares of life basis, you got to get rid of them. You got to get rid of them. And look, things happen, right? So I've been late for meetings before due to various things. It's happened. I've forgotten phone calls before. It's happened. I've forgotten appointments before. It's happened. So I'm telling you, I'm not perfect by no stretch. But I can tell you this. It's never happened more than one time with any particular person, customer, client, um, uh, consulting client, coaching. It's never happened more than one time. And it's like rare if it does. But if I don't show up two or three times, or I'm not on the call when I should be, uh, red flags going up, and you better dump me as quickly as possible. Okay, so pretty simple things, right? Those are like the big three litmus tests, really. So let's just go over them again real quickly, just to kind of, you know, hit you with the quick litmus test for you to keep in mind. Number one, experience. Do they have the experience you need? If they don't, goodbye. Number two, are there at least three people that have positive things to say about working with, dealing with, being around, um, paying money to, investing with, uh, attending, whatever it is, uh, getting advice from the person that you are considering spending time, effort, and energy or money with? Can they come up with at least three? And then, like I said, number three, do their actions follow what they say they will do? Are their actions consistent with what they say, what they tell you, what they do? And if the answer is no, you got to move on. Now, those three things I've just given you, those litmus tests, I mean, this is not like I've given you any secret formula here. This isn't like something that's been, you know, dug out of some cave by a bunch of archaeologists. This is pretty... This is pretty simple stuff, right? And like I said, the good news is a lot of the things with um, when it comes to you know big decisions you got to make, a lot of times you, the easier path you go, the better off you are. And this is definitely the easy path with these three litmus tests that you need to use. It's just a matter of keeping in mind to use them. Because I guarantee you probably were thinking as I was going through these, probably sometime in your life, somewhere, somehow, when you didn't listen to any of these three things and you got burned by it. Either waste of time, maybe you've lost some money, uh, maybe a waste of energy, uh, maybe a bad result, whatever. You probably have. Now, these three litmus tests do not guarantee perfection, right? They don't guarantee results. But what they do guarantee is avoiding mistakes, right? That's what they guarantee, in my opinion, these three litmus tests. All right, so think about these, write these down, use them, go back to them from time to time when the situation warrants you do, and use these tests, and you'll be surprised at the results you get and the mistakes you avoid by using this litmus test. All right. All right. Well, look, um, I want you to have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week or weekend whenever you're listening to me. 
whether you're working, whether you're driving, whether you're riding your bike, you're on the elliptical, you're on the treadmill, you're driving somewhere. Uh, did I already say driving? I think I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, no matter, whatever you're doing, um, hopefully this has been good info and good information. Have a great day. Have a great rest of your week. And I look forward to hearing back from you on this week's podcast. Talk to you later, everybody. We'll see you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining A Billion Sold Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.myplatinumclub.com.